0: Welcome back, my little survivors, to another episode of 30, Flirty, and Surviving. I am Tracy, and um, new episodes every single week, Monday, 9 a.m. You can catch them on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, and Apple Podcasts. And in the meantime, if you're looking for more, um, follow along on Instagram at 30 Flirty Surviving. I have someone joining me today, of course, as always. Um, She is a board-certified therapist. She is a crystal connoisseur. She is a meditation guru. But above all, she is my best very, very best friend, Miss Monica Williams. Hello. Thank you so much for coming out today and joining me. That was
1: the best intro
0: ever. Thank you. I mean, I think <laughs> I hit all the like necessary points, like all the most important things. Absolutely. Um, so Monica and I have been friends for uh, six years, five years? Five. Five years now. Um, we actually met while I was living in California. So yes, yeah, she is joining us today all the way from the West Coast yes um we've talked about having you come on we even thought maybe we'll do like a zoom at one point but luckily it worked out that you were visiting and we could actually get you live in person in the studio yes it is rather chilly outside today how are you bearing the east coast weather I mean, she has her jacket on. She has her jacket on. I think that says it all. That
1: says it all. Yeah, but that was the point. I wanted to have a little bit of an East
0: Coast winter yeah. weekend. So yeah. we did.
1: We got to do that. Mission,
0: so accomplished. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished. Mission um, accomplished. Okay, so if you guys are wanting to learn a little bit more about Monica, um, on social media, her Instagram handle is Monica.com. E. Williams and she actually has a website, um, www.williamsmonica.com. Um, and if we're going to dive into a little bit about like her credentials, her background, we're going to talk about some um, mental health stuff today. I feel like this dreary weather gets everybody down, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a good time to have that conversation. Um, and if afterwards you're interested in potentially chatting with her or, or learning more, more about like, her services and how you can connect with her. Um, outside of the website, you can also find her on psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. and therapyden.com, right? Yes. yes. So if they were to just go to one of those websites and search for your name, you'd pop up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to start with like the little bit of the background first, give people the scoop okay Okay. so if they were to pull up your website the first thing that they see is that it says monica williams lpcc and lep yes for us lay people what do those terms mean So LEP is licensed educational psychologist. So
1: my background is I started as a school psychologist. So I was working within high school with teenagers. Um, and, and so that's where my foundation of psychology came to be. And then LPCC stands for licensed professional clinical counselor. So that's where my therapy license comes in. So no longer school-based and now I I work in mental health generally with adults and kids.
0: So you've really like come a long way too. I think you had to do like working around the clock from having a full-time job working in school with Um, students Mm -hmm. and then simultaneously like this little side hustle of getting Mm -hmm. your own business off the ground up and running and now you've really broadened your horizons in terms of the type of people you can assist or maybe the demographic of people that you can assist um, and also being able to work fully independently as well right yeah so Mm -hmm. girl boss alert (laughs) I am so so proud of you I mean I've seen all the hard work everything you've done on the back end and I really really know how passionate you are about this and how much you care about people and 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 helping them so that's just a little proud bestie moment I'm very 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 happy for you (laughs) um so right now if outside of the, the school stuff so what would you say is like the main age group that you've been focusing on in your more like clinical counseling area.
1: I love working with the what we call transitional youth. So it's right when they hit, you know, between the ages of 17 and 25. That okay. time of your life is so special and I think it's so pivotal because it's yeah. really driving you to who you're going to be as an adult, adult, right? Yeah. You turn 18 and legally you're an adult, but like you don't know the first thing about <laughs> Not even who close, you yeah. are and I just love that phase of our life because I feel like it's the self-discovery. So I really um uh, like to work with clients in finding who mm-hmm. they are and um, you know, that means everything that they love about themselves, everything that they want to grow. I don't like to say what we don't like about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I like to say where we want to grow and things that we want to learn to love about ourselves. Aww. Um, and I think that that age range is just the Just Just goes
0: show how good you are. You know exactly how to word it, exactly how to put it. Um, but I love that because I, we've talked about this on our show before, like it's about finding the tools like, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully finding them sooner rather than later yeah. and so the fact that you are giving that age group or that demographic the attention mm-hmm. like is setting them up for success yeah. so that when you hit your 30s you're not fully lost you exactly. have some of those resources and yeah. um like tool, that tool belt you know mm-hmm. to be able to navigate these Just situations more intentionally
1: yeah. you know yeah. I I wish that I had had the wherewithal to get a therapist when I was 18 years old life would have been a lot more easy (laughs) just like with giving yourself grace too I think about how hard you are in yourself every time Mm -hmm. you make a mistake so having someone that you can talk to that you're gonna feel like they're not judging you and they're they're not telling you what a horrible decision you made but like helping you grow through that decision and you know, really analyzing why did I make that choice? What is that? You know, what was what was the underlying decision there? Yeah, you know? like uncovering
0: what's really like going on. Yeah. Behind, under the surface right. a little bit. Um, and regardless of, you know, you, you do, of course, like if there was someone outside of that age group? Like if they were older or younger, like you help, you do help all ages. Absolutely. Um, yes. Are there specific areas of care though, that you specialize in, um, in terms of like the mental health umbrella?
1: Yeah. So I do, I have clients from the ages of 12 all the way to 36. So, mm-hmm. and you know, that's, us always growing, but that's just kind of like my area that yeah. I've been really it's like close um, to home for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. But in terms of what we work on, um, self-esteem is really important for me. I think if you have a strong foundation of um, accepting who you are, that's going to help with all the other areas of mental health. You know, anxiety and depression obviously is just so great right now, Mm -hmm. especially through this pandemic, and people are feeling lost and they don't know. We all felt it at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, speaking of which, um, I think it's no secret that over the last couple of years, especially with. just the accessibility of social media Mm -hmm. and stuff. There's been a, a, an enormous breakthrough in Mm -hmm. terms of destigmatizing mental health because it has been a taboo topic in the past. It has been something that's a hard conversation for people, Mm -hmm. but it's getting more awareness. It's people are talking about it more, admitting to it more Mm -hmm. being more open about it. Why do you think that's been the case and why we've had such growth in that area? one of the many
1: blessings of the of covid you know there mm-hmm. there there have been some very small or not i'm sorry there have been a lot of really big things that have come from covid that would be considered blessings in my opinion and one of that is just the awareness awareness of mental health mm-hmm. we kind of decided as a collective you know because everyone was going through the same thing and and most people were feeling that low grade depression or high levels of anxiety mm-hmm. just because of what we were going on in our life. Um, and so I think just as a collective, we all decided, okay, I yeah. think we can do this together. Like, let's make this not a big deal. And let's make mental health like so accessible for everyone. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like that realization of like, we're all in the same boat yeah. a little bit. So it's okay to mm-hmm. talk about it because I'm, you're going to feel more understood or like yeah. someone else is in the same shoes that you are. So it just makes it a little bit easier to Absolutely. start addressing those type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's true. I love that little silver lining. That's, that's a very good point. (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, I want to ask you a couple more specific questions about mental health in particular, Okay. Um, but I want to start off by asking you what you think your biggest, the the biggest misconception Mm -hmm. is when it comes to mental health itself.
1: Well, I think that, you know, a lot of people, like most physical impairments you you can see when someone mm-hmm. has a physical impairment with mental health you can't see so someone might appear that they're having the best day and they're smiling and they're laughing mm-hmm. and then they get home and just everything comes crashing down and 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 you know they're they start their depression resurfaces yeah. right so just because you can't see it or they look like they're having a great day doesn't mean that they always are and i think that's the biggest misconception of
0: that's so true it's almost like our strength is not a flaw but like it, it can almost be a hindrance in a way because if you think about it yeah I can't fake that I don't have a broken ankle yeah. I can't pretend like my femur is, in, mm-hmm. is split in two yeah. but if I'm feeling really anxious and depressed yeah. you can't fake it and put on a smile most people do they mm-hmm. don't want to show
1: that they're feeling a certain way the vulnerability that's why most people don't do therapy is because it's such a vulnerable state to be in and mm-hmm. we are so uncomfortable by that. And so we push those experiences away. So if, mm-hmm. if you can just get through your nine to five job and eight hours out of your day, you can yeah. just put on a smiley face and get through it. When you get home, it's like that you can't, you cannot give that much energy to mm-hmm. it anymore. So. It,
0: and that's a good reminder, like for us too, to like treat other people with mm-hmm. kindness too, because like, I think there's that, that misconception it, to th- that point is like, well, she's been smiling and laughing all day yeah. long or like you see girls like post things. Oh, she went to lunch and had a mm-hmm. day like she's fine. What is she talking about? She's upset. She's crying. She's on. Un- she's not feeling well or not feeling herself is being able to like give those allowances mm-hmm. and that little bit of, of room for people like and not discredit or take away what they're actually feeling because yeah. they shouldn't have to be faulted mm-hmm. for trying to push themselves or trying to feel better um, because sometimes that's like all we have, you know, that's a good point. Um, But with that being said, do you feel like as a therapist, Mm -hmm. there's misconceptions about you, this being your profession and your mental health? I think one of the hardest parts
1: about being a therapist is that I'm, my mental health has to be up to par all the time. Mm-hmm. How can I go into session and want to cry and and I'm human too and I do have those times where I'm just not feeling like myself. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me because I give all of my energy to my clients. That's what they pay me for. You know, yeah. they pay me to be present for them and to show up for them. And so, yeah, I mean, I I exude all of this energy during sessions and then if I'm not feeling myself at the end of the day, I'm just I am wrecked. I'm exhausted and mm-hmm. you know, so um Therapists have therapists.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is so important. Like it, like I love you said, I'm a human too. Yeah. Because it is the truth. Yes. You studied this. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is your profession. You're an expert in this field. Yeah. But like you have emotions, you have chemicals yeah. in your brain, you have a shit day as yeah. well. And sometimes you still need that like sounding board mm-hmm. or that like shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Just like, Your clients do. Yeah. And you know, this is a new
1: age of therapy, right? That the, OG therapists go into session and they have no emotion and they're just Mm -hmm. quiet and they listen and they don't always have a lot to offer. They let their clients talk do the most of the talking new, new age therapists is we are smiling and laughing with our clients and, you know, we do offer some, you know, sometimes it's appropriate self-disclosure. So Mm -hmm. I'm not expected to just go in there and be a robot. So clients do understand that I have my own set of emotions too.
0: Yes, because I know friends who have gone to, you know, finally work up Mm -hmm. the courage, right? I'm going to go see a therapist. And this was really hard for me to make this decision, but I know that I need it. And then after two sessions, they're like, I'm just not connecting to that person. And I feel like silly spewing Mm -hmm. all my shit in my head or just telling them how I feel when there there seems like to be a little bit of a wall. And so there is a level Mm -hmm. of, personability I guess or like like to have to like be able to relate and connect because otherwise they're not going to want to really open up to you Well, and
1: they don't feel uh, humans want connection I mean that's like an innate quality that we all have is to connect and so imagine like a someone with depression or even autism or something they go throughout their day and they don't feel connected to people then they have one hour out of their week where they just want to be able to connect and just like a soul connection is is a lot of therapy too right Mm -hmm. so so yeah I mean if if you go in, the, and, and and you know, every person has a different style of therapy that they're going to relate to. Mm-hmm. My clients tend to be more. Um appreciate more of the emotional connection that, that we are able to get in session and, you know, not to say that I'm in there crying with my clients, of course, you know, there's a level of boundary that I Mm -hmm. have to set as well. But I think that's one of the reason why my clients stay is because they do feel like they can connect with me and that they trust me Mm -hmm. to, you know, be create this non judgmental
0: environment as another level to that. Mm -hmm. Do you notice, um, if you have a higher percentage of female clients Mm -hmm. versus male clients, because I wonder if women like for me, I would be drawn to a female therapist because again, I don't want to be BFFs with her, but I would imagine that a lot of the feelings I'm having, a lot of the maybe situations I'm going through, she has Mm -hmm. potentially gone through as well. And so that would be a real pull for me to feel like she at least speaks my language. Mm-hmm. If I'm going through, do you see that there's more women, or is it kind of like 50-50? No, there's definitely more women,
1: but I think it has more so to do with women's uh, tendency to be more open, be and, more evolved and men to go don't to therapy, be vulnerable in session. Interesting. They, they go. Not all men. I have several men clients, and, mm-hmm. but a lot of men choose other avenues to kind of release and and why do you think that is well societal norms you know Mm -hmm. it's not it's not acceptable to cry I mean I've had you know uh, clients not not every client is comfortable crying in session and so when you have when you grow up as a male Mm -hmm. and um, you're told that crying you know be a man and just ignore your emotions or be get angry instead Mm -hmm. it's not as
0: comfortable to do that. I have to say, I do feel for men in that way. Mm -hmm. Men drive me crazy 99% of the time, but I do. It's like, it's this push and pull for for Mm -hmm. men. Like, you know, as when we're dating them, we want them to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. we want them to communicate with us. But then we also want them to be our protectors Mm -hmm. and strong. And then like in the workplace- How confusing is that? That must be- such a like internal conflict for them it really must be difficult and so with that being said like I am really glad that there has Mm -hmm. been such a push for for men's health mental health and and that awareness and like having athletes speak out about it and and normalizing it Mm -hmm. a little bit for them and I also think um
1: I think that you choose a therapist based on who you feel like Mm -hmm. you're going to relate to the most. And even though I'm not going in there and talking about myself, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do think people, certain age groups are going to be more gravitated towards me because of, because of my age and what they might, you know, think that I can relate to them. Like, so I think that has a lot to do with the type of clients that I attract to. Um, and then some people do want,
0: someone that's exactly opposite of them. You know, like they... Oh. To see different perspectives, yeah. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, so I know you touched on it a little bit when you were talking about the age group of, mm-hmm. of the clients that you primarily have, um, but maybe taking it a step further, when you first decided, I want to be a therapist, mm-hmm. I want to be a psychologist, What? why was mental health or why was this career path so important to you yeah. personally? I,
1: I'm just one of those people I always knew I was going to be,
0: I thought, you know, child psychology
1: was my original, which it, and it still is, but, um, I, I started to gravitate more towards adults. And I think just because of my experience in my twenties, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, I, I wish that I had. Someone that could kind of guide me, you know, There, that's another misconception about therapy. I'm not here to give you advice. I'm guiding mm. you on your journey and helping you create, make choices that feel the most authentic to you. So I'm never, you know, a lot of times clients will come in like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know. What do you do? And they get so annoyed yeah. because it's like... But that's not what therapy that's not what you're there is. For. Yeah. yeah, so for you And also
0: it's a probably a huge liability for you as well. Oh, and well, in yeah. some situations, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Like they're going to come and tell me, like, me to do You told this. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also I think just um, you know growing up in my 20s and f- making a lot of decisions that didn't feel authentic to mm-hmm. me. Now uh, in my 30s, I really strive to make intentional decisions. It's like my favorite word right now is you know, with intention, because then you really feel connected to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being able to guide people to make those kinds of decisions, it just sets you up for the rest of your life. And it removes some of that anxiety. And when you're, when you have depression, you don't feel connected to who you are. And so each step that you take, each choice that you make that mm-hmm. gets you closer and closer to you, that's, you know, that's going to subside a lot of those symptoms.
0: Ooh, I just got chills. I love <laughs> that. I love that. And I love that it, like, all comes back full mm-hmm. circle, too. And, like, we've, I've talked about that before. Last year, when I was like, what's 30 mean to me? Mm-hmm. I, I said I said on the show, I said, doing things with more intention. Right. And you don't, you're not able to do that unless you really, like, A, know who you are, but B, kind of, like, have tried and failed failed mm-hmm. and have given yourself that like courtesy mm-hmm. to like just grow and and take your time with things yeah. and, and mature too half of it is just maturing and getting I older and I mean man yeah
1: and, it and, really and there's is. just no such thing as failure that's like the mm-hmm. that's one of the main things I want my clients to leave session is you're not failing every mistake that you make every choice that you make that you're not proud of is getting you closer and closer to the choices that do make you feel proud and connected to who you are. We have to fail. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you didn't fail at all since you were a little girl and then you grow up. And how do you like, know? Yeah. You don't, that's, you don't feel trust in yourself when you don't make mistakes that you can get yourself out of those mistakes. Yes. That there's no trust that you can. That's where a lot of anxiety comes from. Cause it's mm-hmm. how do I get myself out of this situation? Do I even have the capability to do that?
0: Yeah, So we have to fail. When I like hit rock bottom, I feel like that's when I make most of my leaps and bounds is because when push comes to shove, Mm -hmm. how do I handle the situations? And that's when you learn a lot about yourself. So it's always like not being, like not having regrets and not like, beating yourself up or kicking yourself, but like actually taking that as an opportunity and exactly. being able to again find that silver lining. Yeah. That silver lining. <laughs> um so I think one of the other things that is difficult for people is the admission mm-hmm. of I'm I, I feel like I'm struggling. And mm-hmm. I I think that I, I don't want to make generalizations, but I, I do think like a common sort of apprehension is the distinguish like I don't want to be labeled, I'm being overdramatic Mm -hmm. or I'm um, like being a baby, overreacting. Mm -hmm. And so the label of mental health feels Mm -hmm. like sometimes those types of opinions will follow. Um, But like, is there any sort of key indicator or um, maybe... Not symptoms, I don't know if that's the right word, but like moments where uh, if someone's feeling like they're struggling Mm -hmm. to be able to say, no, I know that I'm not being dramatic. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't just a bad situation or a bad day and know the difference between that versus a mental health issue or crisis or...
1: Well, there's a couple things I want to say about this. First is that we tend to minimize our struggles and we compare, you know, mm-hmm. and have you ever heard someone say like, there's starving kids in Africa, you know, yes. you're, you're okay. And that Kim Kardashian's diamond earrings, yeah. there's, there's babies or just dying. dying babies in <laughs> Africa. Which is true. You know, we, if we did really make that comparison, then mm-hmm. sometimes that's helpful for people. But a lot of times that just minimizes your situation and makes you feel like you can't talk about this because why am I complaining when my life is great and I have a roof over my head and food to eat every morning? Um, And so the second thing I want to say about that is there is a difference between a clinical diagnosis and having symptoms or characteristics of anxiety or depression or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And so you, does it matter like which one is, is necessary for therapy? Not really, because at the end of the day, if you, if they're, we're all going to benefit from therapy, right? Everyone's mental health can grow Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, self-awareness and all of those things. So yes, there are clinical diagnoses. And, And here's one of the issues with the internet is that everyone's Googling. Yeah. So you're like, I have this, 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 this. And yes, you you likely do. But does that mean that you have a clinical diagnosis of depression or anxiety? Maybe not. And so that's when a professional is going to be supportive. And mm-hmm. and regardless of if if you leave session and and your therapist is saying, you don't have, you know, this isn't a clinical diagnosis. These are symptoms. Um, that doesn't mean that you wouldn't want to keep going to therapy because we all want to learn how to manage those symptoms. Because let's face it, like at the end of the day, we've all experienced symptoms of depression and symptoms of anxiety and a little bit of ADHD and you know, <laughs> all of those things. So it's, it's, these are, like you said, it's just tools to help you kind of like lead your best life. Mm-hmm.
0: So would you say it's safe to say if someone is teetering back and forth mm-hmm. of like that uncertainty of mm-hmm. whether or not this is just like a tougher time versus maybe there's something bigger here, just always err on the side of caution. Always like therapy out. is never gonna mm-hmm. be harmful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's never gonna hurt your progress. It's only no. gonna help. Yeah. And if you if you go in there and you discover that mm-hmm. there is something greater going on, then mm-hmm. fantastic. Yes. If not, you vented, you got it out for a little mm-hmm. bit and now you feel better. And sure, maybe you don't need to continue But like, it's never going to be detrimental. So if you're on the fence, just go for it.
1: Right. And obviously in emergency situations where you're feeling like your life is in danger, you always want to call 911. Right. And I think just having a therapist to kind of help you determine, again, what's the best decision for you? Do I, is medication something I should be looking into? Do I, do I need more treatment? Do I need like something that would be, we call an IOP, intensive outpatient program. Mm. Like, Do I need to be in therapy more than just one hour, one hour out of your week? It's not a lot. I know. Imagine. I mean, we're four hours in a day, so um, a lot of people start out with the with the greater um, service, and mm-hmm. and so you don't have to be the one to make those choices.
0: Where do you stand on medication? Um, I because I think it is like a polarizing thing for people because they feel like it's going to change them and yeah. like it's going to make them more crazy mm-hmm. but then there's also people who've really benefited from it so yes and I think that is it's a personal choice
1: some diagnoses, I think it's a personal choice, many diagnoses, I think it's necessary for treatment. Mm-hmm. So again, you don't have to make this decision on your own. The best knowledge is the power. And so mm-hmm. going in there and weighing all of your options of different types of medications, you know, they can do blood tests where they decide which medication is going to be best for your chemistry and your, you know, and in your brain. And, um, so don't make these decisions alone. you we can't, yes. no, no decision has to be made alone. I mean, think about the last decision you made by yourself. You really didn't. You consulted, you thought about yeah. it. Maybe, you, you know, you called your dad. Most decisions, especially <laughs> she's my one. best friend. She
0: knows me too well. You know, whenever I'm like on the fence, Kev, what's yeah. going on? What should I do?
1: Yeah, so yeah. I, I think medication is a personal choice and okay. I think it it's something that every if if you're if you're thinking about medication, consult with a doctor
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it's it's in your mind for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so while we're deliberating at home, mm-hmm. okay? While I'm trying to figure out if this is a bad period of time, if I have a mental health issue, should I go on medicine? Should I not mm-hmm. go on medicine? Do you have any tips or tricks um, at ho- for the for people that they can do at home mm-hmm. without consulting a therapist, without a third party, just mm-hmm. like something we can do for ourselves mm-hmm. in those moments where we need to either get back down to reality, like yeah. get like find a little stability. What, what
1: where to start? So, well, there are a lot of things that you can do before medication. So mm-hmm. if you're, if your quality of life is okay and comfortable and you're not suicidal and you are able to manage your symptoms without medication, then there are some other things that you can do to just enhance that. Right. Because, you know, medication is, is meant to kind of be the foundation, like the starting point of, to help you get, you know, be able to manage the symptoms. Right. right? So like, for example, I tell a lot of my clients with depression, Look, medication is going to help you do the things that you don't want to do. It's like the motivating factor, right? So um, at home, exercising is like number one because all of those chemicals in our brain that we don't produce when we have anxiety or or depression, um, exercising can help us produce those naturally. Same thing with food.
0: Even mm-hmm. the sun. I
1: said to you the other day, "Do you ever miss the sun?"
0: <laughs> I was like, "I swear, the sun does come out on the east coast once in a while." <laughs> and it did. And it did. But the
1: sun, when yeah. you know the rays hit our brain, we produce serotonin. That's mm-hmm. the that is the chemical that we're that we're missing when we have depression. So yes, there's a lot of things that you can do to enhance your mental health, um, and we also have to think about. Our bodies being like this clock, you know. Mm-hmm. So a regular, like having a schedule, going to sleep, sleep hygiene is just oh, so important.
0: I need to get better about my sleep cycle. It's, I'm like the person that will stay up until three o'clock in the morning. I just mm-hmm. can't fall asleep, and I notice my mood the next day. Yeah, I'm yeah. drained, right? I'm drained. And, and so, so, if one inconvenience happens to me, I'm way more likely <laughs> to go like unhinged <laughs> yeah. because I'm not in my right state of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, sleep, exercise, which sounds so basic, but of it's course, the, it's true. There's a what you put into that. your body, yeah. what you eat, water. all of those things. Water, <laughs> and more of that you know, too. <laughs> you
1: know me with meditation. I mean, meditation mm-hmm. changed my life. It truly changed my life when oh. I started to have a regular meditation, meditative practice. I my I I was able to regulate my emotions better. Mm-hmm. I was less reactive. My my decisions were more intentional. Yep. I slept better. I was hap- I felt happier and like more positive about life and you know there is such a thing as um, poisonous positivity, right? We don't want to <laughs> just say okay you know, but here's the bright side. Not always can mm-hmm. we look at the positive. We don't, again, we don't want to minimize our problems, but when you, when you you start to change the brain chemistry and your thoughts start to shift naturally, you're just going to think more positively about yeah. things, which makes you feel happier. So meditation is scary for a lot of people. You know, you imagine the, um, person with, with their legs crossed and their eyes closed <laughs> and the, and they're just silent in the in, in the abyss and yeah. that's more so like old school meditation because i mean think about how much we, our brain is constantly stimulated throughout the day yeah constantly scrolling constantly oh stimulated so um we're not just going to sit in silence for 20 Mm -hmm. minutes. It's impossible. There's always going to be thoughts coming up in your mind, and that's completely normal. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to explore that thought. Where's that thought coming from? Does it have a deeper meaning? And other times you just return to your breath and you send the thought on your way, and it helps your brain also with um, things like memory and also having more focus and, you know, throughout your work day and things mm-hmm. like that. Cause you're literally building that muscle in your brain that helps you focus and, um, and all of those things that we think, how did I get to the end yeah. of the day? I have no idea what just happened in the last eight hours because we're just kind of on autopilot a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. Um, I love that you threw that in there because I think this was a perfect time to now mm-hmm. also kind of like shift into the more spiritual Mm -hmm. side of therapy. Like there's like the scientific, the proven, Mm -hmm. the more clinical, but then there's the other Mm -hmm. um, aspect, which is a little bit more like holistic. And you know, when I made the introduction to you, I said meditation guru, I said crystal connoisseur. Some of these things can be a little, what is it like woo woo? And Mm -hmm. like maybe not taken as seriously, but there are really positive outcomes that can come from these different, this different side Mm -hmm. of, of therapy or self care um, that have proven to, to work. Mm -hmm. And so I love specifically, I mean, I love everything about you. You're my best friend, but (laughs) what I love so much about you is that you really encourage people to kind of like use both sides and Mm -hmm. work in tandem with one another. Um, so was starting with therapy because yeah. i mean, sorry with meditation because you were just kind of talking about that I I will admit I have loved the idea of it I've mm-hmm. wanted to get into it I do not know how to turn my brain yeah. off and so I've tried it and mm-hmm. um I've even used like apps to mm-hmm. give me some like guided meditations or yeah. podcasts which kind of helped me um for me, my biggest thing is like, I always feel my mind wander and Mm -hmm. I do try to recenter it and bring it back. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, you know what, now I'm out of it. And I just, my time's up. I need to move on to the next thing in my day. What is like for someone who's struggling to Mm -hmm. find that little bit of a Zen, do you have any advice Mm -hmm. in that area?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, there's no right or wrong way to meditate. Even just sitting with your eyes closed and breathing for 30 seconds is a form of meditation. And the more that you do that, Mm -hmm. the stronger that muscle is going to, Build in your brain. So yes, you know, maybe you have a tendency to get two minutes in and then you start thinking about what you're having for dinner or, or the email that you didn't send <laughs> or, or whatever it is. Right. And that's so normal again, because yeah. we're constantly receiving feedback from everything. You know, we have a watch on our wrist, we have the phone in our hand, we have the computer screen, every, we have so much access to us. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, think meditation is so important because it's just the connection with you. Mind, body, soul. That's kind of like my mm-hmm. mantra here. You know, we want to feed our mind. We want to feed our our body with exercising and diet. And then the soul piece is the connection when you meditate with yourself, mm-hmm. right? You're like literally connecting to your soul and your inner voice. And that's the other thing about self-esteem is that voice starts to get quieter when you yeah are when you lack self-esteem and you start to feel your anxiety voice get stronger we want to grow our our inner voice because mm-hmm. that's where our intuition lies and that's what helps us connect with our authentic decision making and all of those things so um i love the apps because it's just a do guide. you have one in particular calm the calm, calm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I've used that. I also like My Life. Have you ever heard of that no, one? I haven't. Um, my therapist actually recommended it mm-hmm. to me. And um it's just like little like five, six, eight minute yes. like guided meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like telling her, I'm like, I think I'm I think I have insomnia. I cannot fall asleep. And she was like, just throw it on at night Mm -hmm. and just listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, They're free, but then, you know, you can pay for, you know, subscriptions or more. Um, But yeah, I I feel like that little bit of like a boost kind of helps sometimes. And the Hatch
1: is really good for that too. It's like a device that you put Oh, I've seen a lot of people mm -hmm. with that. They have, they'll read you sleep stories or they'll be, you can choose a certain noise background that you like. And the other really cool thing about it If you have a hard time waking up in the morning is that there's a feature to instead of an alarm, it is a light that starts to it mimics the sun rising. And so when you tell it what time you want to wake up, it'll start to rise slowly so that your brain um, releases the chemicals to slowly start waking up versus you just waking up all shocked. And then, yeah, it's a really great way to start Ooh, your day. Do you have one? No, I don't. I want one. I really want was, one. Yeah. Okay. I'll think
0: of your, <laughs> when your birthday comes around. Um, I, and I, I, one of the things that I think one of the points that you made in that too, I think that that's really important to take away mm-hmm. is also like, taking the pressure off it doesn't need to be a 15 minute thing where you actually Mm. sit in silence. and like it is human and normal for your brain Mm. to wander and if you can recenter and bring it back then that's great but if all you can do is is 30 seconds Mm. one minute it's start off there and let that be okay and you can build up to it work up to it start with
1: breathing exercises to where it isn't a lot of just quiet it's more it's intentional breathing, mm-hmm. right? So the square breathing is a great way. You know, you do five square, square breaths, which is four inhales, four pause, uh, and then slowly release. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Square. Yeah, square. Now so, I get it. Yeah. Some people do four, 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 but I do four, four, eight.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. Breathing really does help. It sounds silly and you, I feel like well, Sometimes I feel stupid when I'm doing it, but oh, I really yeah. notice the effects. Well, and, and here's why, because when we
1: have anxiety, our brain, our, our body goes into fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. So we're releasing all those chemicals of stress and, and literally um, life or death, because that's yeah. where we started, you know, caveman days. So, uh, and, and truly, I mean, we still have that brain in our, mm-hmm. even though it's evolved, we, it's that's where our brain started, right? Mm-hmm. So when you take a forced breath, an intentional forced breath, you're signifying to your body that it can start to slowly relax and you're not in danger and you're safe. And so then you go to the, um, a, a completely different state in your brain to where your
0: anxiety is just regulated. Right. I feel like you just talking this through and in your little voice, I'm already like, I think I'm in a therapy session right now. <laughs> you're just like so calming. It's, it's very peaceful. Thank I you. could listen to you talk to me all day long. <laughs> um, but what I've really been dying to get into mm-hmm. is the crystals, Yeah. the crystals. I Think when I used to think of crystals, I would think of um, Heidi and Spencer. Yeah. Remember, he was like a psychopath about them and he would like <laughs> wear them and put them on his forehead. And we're like, yeah. wow, this guy is he knew what he losing was doing, it. Though. But yeah. I see, I have to give good old Spencer a little bit of credit. Yeah. There is some really wonderful healing mm-hmm. powers when it comes to crystals. Yeah. Um, say, for example, I don't know, maybe Hurley, who knows nothing about crystals. I'm going <laughs> to assume. I'm going to go out on a limb.
1: Yeah, that's a good guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> A newbie when yeah. it comes to the crystal world. Why crystals? Mm-hmm. Where to start? What to know? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just have to say, like,
1: everyone has to, can find what works for them. And mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong when it comes to spirituality. Mm-hmm. So this is what I... This is how I connected with spirit and, um, part of, you know, how I started to connect with spirit. And so it's just something that works for me. So, um, a starter kit, I mean, I suggest you just go into a crystal shop and see what calls you. I mean, if you really have that connection with spirit mm-hmm. universe, God, you know, what we believe in, then you're going to go in there and whatever calls to you, you're going to pick it up. And then the crystal girl's going to say, or, or male's going to say, oh, that stone is for, uh, a prosperity. In abundance, um, you mu- you know, so yeah. what does that say for you? And it's just fun, you know, it's just a great way to um, explore like what your needs are.
0: Mm-hmm. There is this shop on the South Shore in Boston. It's called Cast a Stone. Oh. And I brought Monica there last time that she came to visit heaven. Me. I mean, kid in a candy shop, kid in a candy shop. But that's exactly what you did. And mm-hmm. like you were just, you know, sometimes it was like, oh, this is beautiful. Right. Um, I like the color. I like the shape. Um, I, this is like a good size to put mm-hmm. like a crystal on display. And so it kind of starts there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, the, the owner of the shop kind of walks around and he was giving us information about where the crystal came mm-hmm. from and what it means, how it was cut, where mm-hmm. it was made, all this stuff. And you start to learn like each of these crystals do have healing properties and they have, they have certain frequencies. Everything mm-hmm. in life has
1: frequencies. Right. So, right. um, it, so I, I mean, I especially really feel the frequencies, you know, sometimes I'll hold a selenite and I'm like, just hold it up to my chest. I'm like, can't you feel the vibrations? My friends are like, I can't,
0: I can't feel it. I'm like, I can So again, but you have to be open it, to it yeah. too, you know? Um, okay. So because you said selenite,
1: what's mm-hmm. that? Selenite is a clearing crystal, so you, mm-hmm. I swipe my body when I get home, and as someone who I would consider myself like a sensitive or empathic mm-hmm. person, so I, especially in session, I'm constantly taking on other people's emotions, so I have to be really careful of what's my energy and, and my emotions and also what I'm bringing home from clients or friends or, you know, co-workers. Mm-hmm. So when I get home, I swipe my body with my selenite wand and I just clear other people's energy and emotions. And then I feel, you know, more con- again, it's just another way for me to stay more connected with me.
0: I love that. And then mm-hmm. so different ways to use crystals, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you mentioned clearing energy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, people use crystals in like reiki mm-hmm. and it pu- placing it in certain mm-hmm. areas of their body mm-hmm. um maybe like aligning it with the chakras. different chakras mm-hmm. and um sort of coordinating yeah. what the healing power is to that mm-hmm. chakra um what other ways can people use crystals well I like to use at least
1: hold one in my hand when I'm meditating sometimes mm-hmm. I don't but if it's it, Sometimes it's comforting for me, Mm -hmm. especially if I'm feeling a little anxious. You know, I'll I'll get a black stone, which is more of the grounding, protecting stone. Mm -hmm. Or uh, uh, purple is also associated with stress, like amethyst or lapidolite. So if I'm feeling that way, and I I thought you said pediolite, lapidolite. (laughs) It's actually the Xanax of the crystal, (laughs) lapidolite. (laughs) And I like to sleep with them. I put them in my bed. Okay, like under your pillow, or like sometimes I like. Crevice them in my body, you know, because I just do oh, you, know you know wash I mean? them after. No, I'm well, just kidding. I mean I'm I'm clothed, but you know, I like I'll put them next to me, yeah. and um, it helps me sleep
0: hmm I have a um a, it's black tourmaline which is really um for like protection mm-hmm. um and when I moved into um my sister's because I live with her in her condo when I first moved in you know the f- the space was a little foreign a little mm-hmm. unfamiliar um but also I, it took like a little bit of adjusting just because it's just because it's new not that there's anything wrong with the place it's amazing but um I I put the I got like a sphere of it mm-hmm. and have it um near my, my doorway bed. or well yeah by my bed the closest to my Mm -hmm. door um, as sort of like giving me that little bit of like a barrier and making my room sort of like my sanctuary so you can like there's certain stones that you've like just Placing them somewhere, wherever they're on Mm -hmm. display.
1: Yes. Holding them
0: to your body, all that stuff. I have my black tourmaline
1: right in my entryway. Mm -hmm. And I have one right by my bed. And when I, so I often have very, I call them spiritual dreams, psychic dreams. Um, You do? I do. And so sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like feeling some sort of energy in my space. Mm-hmm. And I was going to my uh, Reiki girl who's like incredible. And I was telling her about these dreams that were so vivid. And I felt like someone was shaking me in my bed and my, you know, when I was sleeping and like trying to open doors. And um, she told me that she gave me one of her black tourmaline and I'm wow. like obsessed with it. I sleep every, it's very it's, generous of her. Oh yeah. She's wonderful. She's the best thing that, you know, one of my, one of my, person in my life that's really geared me onto my spiritual
0: journey so wow she's wonderful um again that could be a whole other episode one day but like talking about that side of things mm-hmm. as well yeah. um but one of the things about crystals too is we hear about charging your crystals oh yeah and when there's a full moon mm-hmm. what's the whole story behind that and why so, do we do that well
1: crystals are a part of the earth right so that's when you were saying about the holistic approach, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a way crystals are a way for me and many people that are connected with them Mm -hmm. to connect with the earth, to connect with spirit and the universe. And, um, again, your soul, right? So, um, the full moon charging the crystals is, is you're receiving Mm -hmm. energy from the moon. You're receiving, um, connection from the earth and that's then essentially charging your crystals.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so it's just good to kind of like Re up their healing powers or just like, and not every Christmas, like charge the battery almost, like, yeah, 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 exactly, and it kind of.
1: You know, when, if other people are touching your crystals, then you're, they're giving their energy to mm. the crystals. So it kind of resets that too. Okay. Not every single stone needs to be charged. It's also a part of like manifesting, you know, mm-hmm. if you're doing a full moon oh. ritual or a new moon ritual and you kind of want to solidify it, 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 you know, a lot of this is, is it's all symbolism, right? Yeah. Like in session, if I have a client that's wanting to release something. We write it down and then we we toss it and we rip it up and throw it away. It's all symbolism. What is a healing factor for you? Mm-hmm. What's going to make you feel like you're taking the steps to, um, you know, a different part of your life? When you manifest, right? You're writing down the things that you want. Yeah. So then you you just solidify it when you put it out in the moon and the and the moon's charging your crystals and your you know, piece of papers out there with it. It's all just symbolism of what feels right for you when it comes to your spiritual energy and emotional mm-hmm. energy and
0: all of those things. I love that. I love you know, I think it's very unique that um being in the profession that you're in, mm-hmm. you are so open to these other sort of methodologies or, yeah. or different ways. And I think it's really special that mm-hmm. you're able to and willing to talk about it. And, um, Because I think that the the whole purpose is really like, you're not saying, oh yeah, you have to go to therapy. Oh yeah, you Mm -hmm. should do your crystals. But it's letting people be aware Mm -hmm. of what the options are and finding what works for them. Mm -hmm. And if it is a 360 approach where they do a little bit of everything, that's great. If, you know, sometimes insurance, they can't see Mm -hmm. a therapist, it's hard. So if they can do the crystal stuff at home Mm -hmm. and they connect to that, then explore that option. And I, I think that like just making it seem giving the credibility to it that it deserves mm-hmm. and having it come from you as someone who is such an expert in this space, I think gives people a lot of incentive to just. Give it a try, yeah. you know. Yeah, and here's the thing: like spirituality is another is
1: another form of mental health, right? When you feel like you have something that you believe in and that you connect with, that's bigger than mm-hmm. all of us here on Earth. That's gonna help you in so many different avenues, right? Yeah. So, um, it's about hope. It's about connection. It's about just you know standing in your light. And and uh, we all want to become our best self. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Well, when you connect with the higher power, you're getting closer and closer to that. So that's why I don't like to focus on, you know, what it is that I believe in because we all have our own thing. Yeah. And in session, you know, if a client's, you know, talking to me about their spiritual connection with God or the Bible or whatever it might be, that's a wonderful. Like it, that's exactly what mm-hmm. I want my clients to do.
0: I want because you're not there to like judge that. Like whatever mm-hmm. they connect to is mm-hmm. like, you know, you it and being able to be open yeah. Minded and accepting. Yeah.
1: And a lot of people have come from, you know, had the hardest moments with their mental health and then they find their connection with God or universe mm-hmm. and, and their whole life changes. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I, I so love the, guiding people on that journey.
0: Yeah. And I think what's really cool about the spiritual stuff is that if there is someone who's maybe a little unsure about the mm-hmm. religious tie yeah. specifically, mm-hmm. spiritual Spiritually, it's a little bit different. So well, it's, it's a little bit less restrictive yeah, or like, you know. And it's natural
1: when you hit the age of 18, 19, 20, that you're going to start questioning some of the beliefs that was instilled in you as mm-hmm. a child because that's what we do. We become our own person. Yeah. We, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to believe in it. It's just exploring yeah. the curiosity.
0: I Love that. So before I let you go want to like kind of um, wrap this up with a little bit of closing notes um, because you know with this show I really like to make it a safe place we want to talk about a lot of different um, topics and have different conversations and we haven't talked about mental health in a while Mm -hmm. and so I'm really appreciative for you being here but for those who have listened to the episode um, if you had one final or your biggest piece of advice that you really want them to just take away from this information Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, anything that you've shared, what would be your, like your, 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 your closer, what would be your one final statement? Find what works for you and
1: stick with it. You know, mental health is a practice So having something that that you do consistently, whether that's exercising, meditating, journaling is huge. Stick to it. Find Mm -hmm. consistency because our bodies thrive on consistency and routine. And so if you have something that you can rely on and that, you know, this is something that I have control over and I can do each day a little Mm -hmm. bit of it each day, that's just going to help with your, um, you know, Embracing who you are and what and what works for you, and and really kind of changing the trajectory of your mental health.
0: I love that. Don't give up because it is it's a process. It's not something mm-hmm. that is going to be changing overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you
1: know just thinking about my spiritual journey and all the work that I put into it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get confident. I'm like, I don't need to meditate yeah. today. Yeah, and then I then I realize, wait a second, why. That is such a good just point. Just because I'm feeling good doesn't mean I don't have to do it, Continue to do it. And we mm-hmm. forget that because the same thing with medication, that's right? That's so yeah.
0: important. Mm-hmm. So important remembering to still take care of yourself yeah. when you're having the good times too. Mhm. Exactly. Even wow. more so
1: because again, that's like your that's your body's way of just recognizing that this is consistency and mm-hmm. it's just building the foundation for future moments of of difficulty.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Also, side note, this doesn't have to do with, I think, the the whole purpose of today's show. But Hurley, tell me if you agree with me. I think we're going to have to turn... this into a drinking game if we say journaling on the show people at home that are listening need to take a shot we talk about journaling so often I feel like it's like constant I'm like journal 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 and then you (laughs) mention it so I think we'll have to do something like that for people journaling because it comes up and
1: it's so helpful imagine like how many thoughts you have in your brain all day. And we don't often want to say them out yeah. loud. And so this is just something that you can have for you only. And again, it's building that connection with who you are. So much comes through in,
0: in journaling. Yeah. You, well, it's like a form of therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Like just like they're, you know, they're talking to you. You're not guiding them and uh, you're, you are guiding them. You're not telling them mm-hmm. what to do or not to do. Just like a journal's not talking back to mm-hmm. you. It's the same concept in mm-hmm. a way, you know, it's, it's sometimes you have to say it or mm-hmm. sometimes you have to see it on paper mm-hmm. to just come to the conclusion that you probably already kind of had in your gut somewhere or yeah. you've already thought about, but when you see everything and then stand back or like, you know, you hear someone's reaction or you see it on paper, like it helps you Mm -hmm. just feel the confidence to like do what you, what what your gut tells you to do, you know?
1: Yeah. And the the best like, Thing that you can do is meditate first
0: oh. and then
1: you do a little journal bringing it all together because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> again like we don't want to ignore the thoughts that we have when we're meditating yeah. they're there for a reason some of them it's just laundry lists and those yes we mm-hmm. can ignore but a lot of times like I call them downloads where Ooh. I'll have an idea or something will come to the surface when I meditate and like I have to make sure that I write that down because there is a reason that it came to me that's a good point. You know what I like to say? Why Praying is asking for answers and meditating is receiving them.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to remember that one. Um, well, my love. I cannot thank you enough. I'm so glad we were able to do this. I appreciate your time, taking the um, time out of our little vacay to come and do this. I think that this is really something that needs needs to get spoken about more, and I'm very grateful that you get to come on my show and Thank chat you. about it. it so um so mm-hmm. guys, once again, Monica is on Instagram at monica.e.williams. Um her website is www.williamsmonica.com, um psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. and therapyden.com. Um and I think we talked about this right when we started the show, but like, you know, she does consultations mm-hmm. and so if you ever want to just chat with her about whether or not her, you know, she would be a good fit, or like, wh- learn more about how how she can help. Um, she's she. You can do that through the website and, yeah. and do some inquiries, right? I
1: always, always offer thirty minute consult calls. Yeah. to get to know me, and of course, you know, they're free, and because why you don't want to you want to make sure that you're going to connect with the person so talking and also I have to make sure that my uh, scope is going to be appropriate for you too so Mm -hmm. being able to kind of like Gather that information and determine whether or not this is going to be a good fit. Very important.
0: Perfect. Well, hopefully for all the times that you've given me free therapy as my best friend, <laughs> you'll get a couple calls and have some new patients after this. Um, but that is going to be it for today, guys. Um, don't forget our socials: thirty forty surviving, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.